You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 212 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's show, we're getting you ready for spring training. Pitchers and catchers are reporting, so uh, what happened this winter? Not a lot until like the last few weeks, so if you tuned out for a couple of months, you didn't miss a ton, but we're going over everything anyway. There's also position battles to get to, who's out of options, and how that affects those position battles, so there's a lot to get to today. But before we get going, please follow us on social media at LockedOnA's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Today's show is also brought to you guys by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LockedOn, and you will get 20% off your next order. Um, also, right before I was set to record, the A's actually did some more things. So they added uh, Yusmera Petit and Sergio Romo off the free agent market. So I'm going to be going over those additions uh, before long, probably tomorrow in a little bit more detail, but uh, this is a very quick, well, it's going to be like a half an hour episode for you guys, but this is more so the overview of everything that's gone on. I will touch on that in more specificity uh, in the next day or two, um, and you know, I'll, I'll hold on to that for next time, but the quick summary of my feelings on these two guys is, it seems like a good idea for the regular season, and hopefully by the time the postseason rolls around, they have some other better options uh, that throw harder and whatnot, because that's what burned them in 2020, so uh, that that, that's it for that. So moving on to today's topic at hand, the offseason that was. If you've been vaguely paying attention, then you, then you probably heard that the A's let a bunch of their key players from 2020 walk this winter. And I'm just going to start right at the top with the one that hurts the most on the field, and that is Liam Hendricks, uh, who posted a strikeout rate of 13 strikeouts per nine and a walk rate of just one per nine. And that led to a 178 ERA and a 117 FIP. He was the guy at the end of the bullpen that closed the door. He allowed a run in just four of his 24 appearances and more than one run just once. He was a beast for the A's last year. And uh, if you missed the news, Hendricks signed a deal with the Chicago White Sox for $54 million over the course of three or four years. The fourth year is a team option, but the $54 million is non-negotiable. So he's getting that no matter if he pitches three or four. Uh, it was a weird contract, but just trust me, that is the correct information. Uh... We just don't know how many years he's going to be pitching on the south side as of yet. We'll know in three years, I guess, if he opts in or if they opt in for that one. And obviously, this move makes the White Sox a better team. And they've made some other moves, too, to make them look a lot better than the team that the A's beat in October. So they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in 2021. They're not getting a ton of love just yet, but uh, they're going to be a juggernaut. Let's say a juggernaut, especially in the AL Central. Who's going to beat them? The Twins? Ha! I laugh at that juggernauts. Um, the other big departure for the A's, though, was hometown hero Marcus Simeon. While Hendricks' departure felt like a given, there was still a little bit of hope among A's fans that Simeon could land back in the green and gold on like a one-year deal to buy the A's a little bit more time to bridge the gap to their next shortstop in not shortstop and waiting because he's still got a little bit to do, but the next shortstop for the for the team uh, over a number of years, and that's Nick Allen. That's a long way to get to the words Nick Allen. Anyways, uh, Simeon did sign a one-year deal, but it was with the Blue Jays, another team that has made some moves and looks 
to be positioned fairly well. Uh, Simeon is now penciled in as the Jays starting second baseman after signing for $18 million. The A's offered him a deal too, but it was laughable by comparison and basically just a slap in the face. I don't feel like talking about that again. So if you are super intrigued as to what the A's were doing, uh, it's on the podcast feed from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Marcus Simeon signs or uh, I think him and uh, Tommy LaStella signed on the same day. So whichever podcast has both of their names in it. It's that one. Basically, my summary of that one is Simeon deserved better. But keeping this train rolling because there is so much news to get to. Uh, you got switch hitting outfielder Robbie Grossman signed on with the Tigers, and he is going to likely be a veteran presence on that team. Uh, they got a bunch of young guys. They're kind of they are rebuilding, but they're not quite there at the we're going to start being good again yet uh, phase. So I think that Robbie is going to do some great work over there, regardless of what a stat line says. Uh, it's going to be more him developing guys that he's playing with, and I think that it's an interesting option for the Tigers. Uh, I'm interested to see what he does. So. Good job, uh, or good luck, I guess, uh, to him in Detroit. And then you got Jay Clam, who's still out there, but I don't know if he, there's a fit to bring him back to Oakland with how the roster is currently being constructed. They'd have to move some parts to bring in Jay Clam, and I don't think that they're going to be doing that. Uh, the other big loss for the A's was Tommy LaStella, whom the A's traded for Franklin Barreto at the deadline last year. He... Uh, he was great. He really endeared himself to A's fans in a month that he was here. And then, uh, then he ripped out our hearts and signed a deal with the Giants for three years and $18.5 million. San Francisco hasn't made a ton of big moves this winter, but they've made some really good under-the-radar moves, like adding Tommy LaStella and uh, a couple of relief guys. They've had some weird like under-the-radar moves that I think could have them sneaking up on teams. Not like the in the NL West. They're not going to be winning the NL West over the Dodgers and Padres because those teams who, if you have not paid attention to baseball, check out what they did because they had some fun. Um, but yeah, the Giants should be the third place team with the moves that they've made. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's it for the position players. Let's move on to the bullpen. Uh, there's a bunch of guys that left from the A's bullpen. And as I just mentioned, Liam Hendricks signed on to play at the White Sox. But on top of his departure, the A's are also without Mike Miner, who signed with the Royals, and Joaquin Soria, who signed with the Diamondbacks. TJ McFarland is still on the market, but his spot seems to have been filled by uh, a couple of different guys on the A's roster. Uh, so, and I'll get the, to those guys here in a minute. Uh, use Mara Petit just signed. Uh, in my notes, I have not changed that. It still says that he's on the market. He just signed a couple of hours ago. So he is now back with the A's. Uh, and I also wrote, uh, but my guess is that he'll be brought back on a one-year deal before long. So uh, apparently in between the time that I wrote this and then the time that I recorded was too long. <laughs> But um, uh, so that takes care of the guys that they lost in free agency. But there have also been a couple of trades that need to be talked about as well. And if you haven't been paying attention, sit down because the A's traded one of their most familiar faces at this point, And that is Chris Davis. Uh, he hit 247 for four years in a row and was smacking 40 homers a year from 2016 to 2018. And it was kind of like a cult hero for the A's rebuild, but the last couple of seasons have not been very kind to KD. And in 2020, he was being used more or less in a platoon role. So uh, they, they went ahead and shipped him out. He was owed $16.75 million. They shipped him out uh, along with Jonah Heim, who was the backup catcher to Sean Murphy in 2020 and draft pick or 2020 draft pick uh, Dane Acker. And uh, they all 
went together over to Texas, and now the A's have a new shortstop in Elvis Andrews, who, if you've been watching baseball for a while, you probably know him. Divisional rivals, smiles a lot, likes to touch Adrian Beltre's head, or he did when he was still with the team. Uh, and then the A's also got catcher RMS Garcia, who will be slated into the uh, backup catcher role mix as well with Austin Allen. I'll get to that here in the second half of this episode. But uh, so that, that's one deal is Chris Davis, Jonah Hyam, and Dan Acker for Elvis Andrews and uh, RMS Garcia. The A's also got $13.5 million to offset Elvis Andrews' contract for this year. So that opened up for uh, some of the spending that you've been seeing from the A's and signing Jed Lowry, Mike Fires, uh, Sergio Romo, and now Yusmero uh, Petit. Basically bringing guys back, except for Sergio Romo, that have already played for the A's on very low salaries. So that's a nice way to spend money, I guess. But getting back into this deal a little bit, some have said that it was dead money for dead money, but I differ a little bit on that opinion. And that's because the A's took Chris Davis's contract, which could only be played at DH, and swapped it out for the contract of Elvis Andrews, which will actually cost the A's less over two years than it would have for Davis at one year. And then they also got a big league veteran to play shortstop for them while, until Nick Allen arrives. So it did a few different things. Sure, if you wanted to say you swapped money, sure. But uh, the A's now have a shortstop, which is a, posi- a position that they needed, and they can use DH however the hell they feel like it. So in that regard, if you want to say money for money, sure, but it also opened up what the A's can do with their roster, and you're seeing it with the moves that have been happening since. So uh, if Andrews gets hurt, then the A's are back at square one at shortstop, so that's not fun. But with the DH spot opened up, Oakland may also be able to give him some half days as well, so I think that they should be able to keep him healthier than if he was just playing shortstop. Jonah Heim also has some real upside, and we are wishing him the best, but uh, moving on to the other big move that the A's made, and that was sending cash to the Phillies for Cole Irvin. Uh, just kidding. The, that, although that did happen, and I am kind of excited about that move, uh, but that is not the relief arm that I'm talking about. Instead, on Friday, the A's trade away Sheldon Noisy and Gus Varlin in exchange for lefty reliever Adam Kalarik and minor league outfielder Cody Thomas. Noisy was a favorite of some to win some playing time at second base this season, but I personally don't think that he was going to reach that potential with the A's. There's a chance that he could turn into the next Max Muncy with the Dodgers, but the A's got a solid lefty reliever with four years of team control, and they've needed some veterans to add to their bullpen in a minute, and uh, so they got Kolarik now, they got uh, Sergio Romo, they've got Yusmero Petit, they've got some bullpen guys that have some experience. Uh, are they high upside guys? Not necessarily, but they get the job done, and they've done it in the big leagues for a number of years, so we'll see what happens, and at least they know where the ball's going, that's a plus. <laughs> Kolarik is way better against lefties than righties and relies on a sinker, which he throws roughly 80% of the time. His ground ball rate has been over 60% for the past two seasons with the Dodgers. And if you watched the ALDS against the Astros when the ball kept flying over the fence, this seems like a great profile to add to the A's bullpen. The A's also signed Jet Lowry and Mike Fires, who I've alluded to earlier, or, you know, said outright that they signed them earlier. Um, And I talked about them a little bit last week in detail. So if you're interested in why those are really solid signings for the A's, check out Friday's pod. Uh, But coming up on this pod, I'm going over some position battles and guys that are out of options, as well as what being out of options means. So stay locked in with Locked On A's, and I'll be right back. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. 
Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. That's a baseball word, a uh, swing. But back to Bet Online, they cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV, as well as sports. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, that's betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online. Online, your online sportsbook experts use promo code locked on. Today's show is also brought to you guys by Built Bar, and the improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They got six new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They still got their original 12 flavors like raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, and banana bread. Plus, all of their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. They are candy bars that taste like protein bars. I always say it wrong. They're protein bars that taste like candy bars. That's the one. <laughs> And they are built for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Their bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. You know, like a protein bar, but they taste like candy bars. All you got to do to get your hands on some of these delicious treats is go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Get more of the sports you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast, breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts like me. Start your day with all the sports you need in just under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. Uh, leave us a rating and a review if you're on Apple, uh, please. Uh, also, follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Still a lot to get into. So first off, let's start with the players that are out of options and what being out of options means. Basically, when a player is added to the 40-man roster, they get three options attached to them, which more or less starts the clock on a team's control over that player. Obviously, a player like Matt Chapman comes up, and the options are relatively useless because he's not going down to the minor leagues. He is staying in the big leagues. So they come into play for guys that are like quad A or uh, they get sent up and down to make room. They come in handy for some players, not all players. That's the basic gist like some guys get added to the 40 man roster by their team so that other teams can't take them in the rule five draft because that's another whole thing that we could get into, but we're not going to right now. So it's a way to protect players that they still want to have, but uh, they think that are good enough to be taken in the rule five draft. Uh, And then, by adding them to the 40-man roster, that essentially starts their clock on being able to stick in the big leagues. They get three more seasons after that, and uh, at that point, they're either on the 40-man roster or they're not, and then they're going about, uh, you know, different clubhouses every year trying to find a place that they can stick, and that's where this all comes in. So a recent example of this is Frank Limbaretto for the A's, and uh, he had been up and down between Oakland and AAA, and each year that, that happened, he lost an option. So the A's felt that they didn't have a place for him anymore, and he also wasn't really making the progress that they wanted him to. So they didn't have a place for him in Oakland anymore and traded him to the Angels in exchange for Tommy Lastello last season, and even though he was traded, he still has no options to his name. And that leads me to Nick Turley, who the A's acquired from Pittsburgh this winter. He has zero options. And if the A's feel like he is not good enough to make the team out of spring training this year, then he would be designated for assignment to be 
removed from the 40-man roster. Before he can join a minor league affiliate, however, he would be placed on waivers where any team can claim him. And the waiver order is basically based on record and reverse order. So a team like the Tigers or, you know, bad teams would be first in line to get a player like Nick Turley or Frank Lombretto, whoever the player is that is on waivers currently. So uh, that's why you see a lot of guys get DFA'd and then maybe traded a little bit after that, um, just because there's going to be a team that claims them. And the team like the A's in this case would want to get something back as opposed to nothing back. So that is why you see guys traded that were DFA'd but not placed on waivers yet. So that is a really quick summary of a really detailed subject. Hopefully you guys got that. Uh, rewind two minutes and listen to it again. Hopefully I did a good uh, good enough job explaining that for you guys. So uh, in this particular instance, the fact that the A's traded for Nick Turley, who is out of options, leads me to believe that he's going to be making the opening day roster, even with the additions of Yusmira Petit and uh, Adam Calera and Sergio Romo. Even with those guys, I think Nick Turley still has a pretty decent shot at making the opening day roster here. And that they see something that they can unlock within him. And that is why that I am so high on him personally. I think that he's a nice, uh, where did this guy come from candidate? You know, like uh, Burt Smith from last year. So Nick Turley is out of options, but I think that he is safe and will be on the opening day roster. Uh, and w if he stays with the A's long-term, that's up to him kind of a deal. So uh, another guy that is out of options is Tony Kemp, and the A's knew that he would be out of options and kept him around instead of non-tendering him a couple of months ago, which, again, leads me to believe that he's part of their plans for 2021, even with moving pieces like adding Jed Lowry to the mix. Uh, and... Maybe he gets moved later on in the season, but I think to, to start the season, I think that Tony Kemp, again, makes these, the opening day uh, roster out of spring training. I think that he's going to be in a platoon. I'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, but if you were to be placed on waivers, there's got to be a team out there that would swoop him up, even if even like a competitive team might swoop up Tony Kemp as a depth option. Um, and I don't think that, you know, the A's losing Tony Kemp would make them better. So I think that he does make the A's a better team. So I think he sticks around as well. Uh, he's a decent second base option and is one of only four bats projected to make the roster that swings from the left side. So the A's need left-handed bats. And especially if you can put one over there at second base, I think that Tony Kemp has a, a nice bet to make the opening day roster there. Unless Vimy Almachin is completely outplaying him, which I'm not really expecting because Vimy Almachin is good, but I think that he might need some more grooming in AAA. So um, maybe that comes later on in the season. We'll find out. But the third and final guy that is out of options is righty Paul Blackburn, who was acquired in the Danny Valencia trade with Seattle in 2016. And I didn't think that there was going to be room for him on the opening day roster to keep him with the A's because uh, that's how this works again, uh, even without the additions of Petit and Romo into the bullpen mix. So he was likely going to go through this whole process in about a month or so anyway, but now it just seems more assured with the additions of uh, Petit and Romo and also Mike Fires, who needs to be added to the 40-man roster. So uh, the A's are going to have to pull two guys off of the 40-man roster to make room for those three guys because they only had one spot available. And uh, it looks like Paul Blackburn's probably going to be on the short end of that stick. He might hit waivers and make it through, uh, but if you're like the Orioles, do you take a chance of like, hey, join our rotation, learn from King Felix and the other veteran guy that they signed? Um, maybe not Oh, the Orioles, but there's going to be a team out there that I think would take a chance on Paul Blackburn, see what he has, throw him in the bullpen, maybe work him into a starter at some point because, you know, depth is going to be key. The main question when it comes to Paul Blackburn is, is there going to be a team that's high enough on him that they'd give the A's something in a trade? Uh, otherwise, they could just wait for him on waivers and do that. So, um, 
are the A's going to get anything for Paul Blackburn is the the burning question right now. And uh, we'll have to wait and see. We'll find out in like a week or two. Um, there are other guys like J.B. Wendelkin and Frankie Montas and Chris Bassett that are also out of options, but they aren't really in jeopardy of not making the 40-man rosters or you know even the opening day roster. They, they're not going to be pulled. So uh, I think that they're going to be safe. And then there are guys like Francisco Pena and Carlos Perez and Pete Cosma that are also out of options, but they're also not on the 40 man roster. So they also are going to be sticking with the A's because you can't use an option on a guy that's not on the 40 man roster. So uh, that works. So the only guys that could really be impacted by this would be Turley Kemp and Blackburn. Uh, There's also Dustin Fowler. I think that he's going to be another guy that would be he wasn't really in contention for a, a spot on the big league roster. So I think that he was going to be placed on waivers anyway. He was going to be one of my trade candidates as well. But uh, again, with the additions of Fires, Petit, and uh, Sergio Romo, can't get his name in, in my head yet, but uh, it's only been an hour or so. Um, I think that with the, the addition of those three guys, that he's also going to be on the move at some point. Maybe, just maybe, uh, there's going to be a team that takes a chance on him in a trade and not necessarily on the waiver wire. We will see. Uh, but typically, being out of options gives a player a better shot at making the big leagues because a club could lose them on the waiver wire if they don't. I've gone over that a little bit. But so with that in mind, let's take a look at a couple of position battles heading into the 2021 season. Second base is obviously going to be one that we don't know exactly what's going to happen. But my assumption all offseason has been that the A's plan to use a combination of Chad Pinder against lefties and Tony Kemp against righties. Uh, also in this this mix could be Vimeo Machine, who I just mentioned, another lefty bat, but with Kemp out of options and Machine with a full docket of three options left, I think that Kemp has a pretty clear advantage there. Nadorf could be in the mix too, but he's another righty bat with three options. So I think that the A's in their depth chart would put Machine above Nadorf, and it. So I don't think that Nadorf's necessarily in the mix, but. We'll see, I guess. Um, they, they just don't have a ton of lefty bats at their disposal. With it. So I think that uh, Vimeo Machine, even without you know playing and all that stuff, I think that him being a lefty puts him above Nate Orth in that regard. But moving on, uh, another battle that's going to be interesting is for Sean Murphy's backup behind home plate. I have a feeling that we're going to see a couple of different options there throughout the course of the year, but who gets the nod to start the season could be interesting. Jonah Heim would have probably been the guy, uh, in my opinion, because he did a really good job behind the day behind Sean Murphy uh, as the backup catcher in Oakland, but he's with Texas now after the Andrews trade, so he's not an option anymore. So that basically leaves Austin Allen, who has struggled at the plate in the big leagues, and RMS Garcia, who has had massive strikeout rates in his big league stints. Both have one option remaining, so there's no real advantage there. The A's aren't going to lose either player if they get sent down to the minor leagues this year. Uh, it could hurt them in future seasons, but for this year, no big deal. Um, and I'm limiting the race to these two because they're both on the 40-man roster, Obviously, they still have Francisco Pena and Carlos Perez, but uh, neither of those guys are on the 40-man roster, and they would have to be added to the 40-man roster, which means somebody else has to come off. I don't see that happening to start the season. Um, So yeah, there's that. Uh, Allen is a lefty bet that could give him a slight edge over RMS Garcia to start the season, but I think that the real determining factor will be how well each catcher worked with the starters. If one of them can really hit it off with a guy like Frankie Montas and bring the best out of him when he's behind the dish, then I think that that would fast track that that particular catcher to the opening day roster. Sean Murphy can't catch every game, so the starters are going to need to get a boost from the backup now and then. And I think that that's kind of how Jonah Heim got to the big leagues is he developed a rapport with Sean Manaya, and all of a sudden he's Sean, Sean Manaya's catcher. And that's 
one way to get in as the big league catcher in Oakland because Sean Murphy is going to be the guy there for like 120 games. Who's going to catch the other 45, which is roughly all of the starts of one pitcher. So uh, who who's it going to be? Um, last season with the A's, Austin Allen had a walk rate of 3.1% and a strikeout rate of 43.8. Neither of those are great. Uh, granted, it was in 32 plate appearances, so not a big sample. And But it is also what we have to go on currently. He had some other stats with the Padres, but I'm sticking with last year because he was with the A's. And to that point, RMS Garcia uh, has not played for the A's yet, and he also didn't fare much differently, better or worse. He uh, had a walk rate of 8.7% and a strikeout rate of 45.7 in his most recent stint in the majors back in 2019. That stint also lasted all of 46 plate appearances. He had another quick stint where he performed a little bit better, but his walk rate was... uh, you know, a little bit lower. His strikeout rate was a little bit higher. So I just went with his 2019 stats. He has roughly a hundred big league plate appearances. So neither guy is terribly experienced. So it might be how uh, they're receiving and their rapport and being on the same page with a guy like Frankie Montas, Shamanaya, maybe Chris Bassett, uh, maybe even Luzardo, probably not Luzardo, but with one of these guys, how good of a report do they have with one of these starters? And uh, that, that's probably going to be the determining factor from my vantage point before we see any spring training whatsoever. So uh, with both catchers starting around the same point offensively, career-wise at least, uh, pulling ahead with the bat or creating rapport with the pitcher could go a long way to figuring out who will be Sean Murphy's backup to start the season. And I also real quick want to mention uh, that the overall stats may not end up being Uh, what decides this in spring training. I know that they have to look good and all that stuff. And if a guy's hitting like 400, you're like, wow, this guy's amazing. But uh, some of the at-bats aren't equal. And there's a, if you go over to baseball reference, they, they do a great job of this and they can keep track of the quality of opponent a player is facing during spring training. And it is very helpful to look at if somebody's having a killer spring training. Sometimes they're just facing double A pitching and you should be a little bit more skeptical of their prospects for maintaining that level of performance moving forward when they start facing triple A and even big league pitching. So uh, keep an eye on that too. I'll be doing it, you know, as well. But uh, that's a thing that I'll be definitely referencing uh, during spring training. So keep an eye on that. The final position battle that I want to get into is the outfield jumble uh, behind the main three of Piscotti, Canna, and Loriano. I feel pretty confident that Blaze Tom is going to get an opening day spot on the roster because the A's don't take guys in the Rule 5 draft unless they plan on that guy making it through the entire season on the roster. So uh, I think that he's in. Um, but there is still probably room for one more outfielder. And I say that because the A's have so many left-handed options in the outfield, in the minor leagues that are, you know, just ready, ready to just start playing in the big leagues. Probably Uh, Seth Brown had a nice showing in his brief big league stint in 2019, hitting 293 with a 361 on base percentage before going 0 for 5 in 2020. He is a lefty bat, but doesn't necessarily set him apart from the other options. The other guys that uh, could be in the mix are Greg Diekman and Luis Barrera. Barrera could be an option if they want to go for a defensive guy who's also a lefty back, get him some at-bats every now and then. He plays good defense. He has a very strong arm. Maybe he can get some, you know, get his feet wet a little bit, but he also wouldn't be developing because he's not going to be getting regular at-bats. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they go about this. They could also go out and get another lefty bat, but not without really disrupting Lowry at DH or adding another outfielder that also needs at bats because they're making more than the big league minimum. So I think for those reasons that the A's are pretty much set when it comes to making moves until they get a better sense of Jed Lowry's health or can move some other pieces around that make it uh, more fitting. Like if they can move Stephen Biscotti, sure. Uh, then all of a sudden you can go get somebody else.
else who can play right field or DH or do whatever. And then you open some other playing time up. And I think that that's what they're concerned about is paying too many guys too much money when they have all these other options that are in the minor leagues waiting and you can only pay them half a million dollars. So uh, that's why I don't think that they're going to be doing anything until they move anybody else if they move anybody else. I don't even know if that's a guarantee, but uh, somebody's going to be talked about in the next episode. So uh, to that point, I'll be talking about some guys that are going to be on the, well, that could be on the trade block. So make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you like hearing podcasts so that you don't miss that podcast, podcast, podcast. Uh, that one's going to be coming to your ear hole soon. So until next time, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks and I will talk with you guys soon.